0: Hello everyone, my name is Michael, and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Climate. So for the New Year's edition, here are the weekly climate numbers. 140 billion dollars, that's the economic damage caused by the top 10 climate disasters in 2020. 430,000. that's the equivalent number of cars that one US nitrous oxide plant emits every year. 635 million, that's the amount of people expected to be affected by sinking ground and 13 megawatts, that's the power output of GE's new mega wind turbine and 70% that's the share of New York City's emissions that are attributable to buildings and 40x, that's the increase in the spread of plastic of a low intensity flood in Bangladesh Happy New Year! I hope you didn't drink as much wine as I did, but if you did, power to you. I was in charge of bringing wine to our small New Year's party, safely within our Covid circle of course. And I'm happy to report that I did manage to drink most of the wine myself. And boy, am I a good wine shopper. Too good for my own health, apparently. So, I'm therefore also excited to bring you the first issue of the weekly climate of 2021. 2021 is a year that can only be better compared to 2020. All of us know and hope that, at least. But Seneca, one of the famous stoic philosophers, said in his letter number 5 to Lucilius that cease to hope and you will cease to fear, hereby reminding us that hope and fear is closely intertwined. So if you want to not feel fear, it's important that you don't put too much value on hope. This is also one of the reasons why I have a hard time being hopeful on this newsletter. Some people may interpret that as being negative. Instead, it's just the opposite. It's merely a recognition of what hope also brings along with it, fear. Not being hopeful, though, in a time that I guess to some degree objectively can be quantified as hopeful seems odd. So what must we be instead? The Stoics and Buddhists alike, by the way, say that we must live in the now. As the famous Stoic philosopher King and Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius said, Remind yourself that the past and future have no power over you. Enjoy that at this moment in time things are looking up, and then prepare and act as if the worst were to happen. If you haven't already read my Christmas issue from last week, which I know a grand total of maximum 24 of you did, no shaming, just stating statistical facts here as reported by Substack, you should at least take a look at the funny anti-Exxon ad posted at the very top of it. I promise you, it is a very good way to start the new year. News you can't miss. A few highlights from the past week. I decided to try a new way to segment this one by dividing news you can't miss into different sections, all symbolized by cat emojis, of course. Hereby giving you one scary, one good, one interesting, and one fossil fuel industry news item. So here we go. The first one is the bad one. A new study is showing that large part of the ground on the earth is literally sinking, mostly due to groundwater depletion, and it seems likely that sea level rise will exacerbate this problem. A good one is that 7 major EU truck makers have decided to stop making diesel trucks by 2040, a full decade before prior plans. And one interesting one is a detailed look at two fertilizer plants, one in Uzbekistan and one in US. One of them emits as much nitrous oxide as 430,000 cars. Guess which one? I kind of already hinted at that one in the numbers. And one fossil fuel industry news item, Exxon, is trying to downplay a Bloomberg article I also highlighted last week about how they managed to hit investors, uh, emissions from investors and the public. And they're doing this by buying ads on social medias in yet another propaganda play. Status update on climate and science. Let's look at how we're doing this week. If there's anything good about the permafrost melting, which lists agree there really isn't, then it's probably the fact that more and more pristine, preserved corpses of long extinct animals keeps popping up. This time a well-preserved ice age woolly rhino has been found in Siberia. And Glaciers are disappearing all over the world, and now scientists have developed a way to produce artificial snow in order to protect glaciers from the harsh sunlight. Basically it's a way to artificially induce snowfall in an area. And a new study published on New Year's Eve has determined that the earth in many places are literally sinking due to for instance depletion of groundwater. This is expected to influence 635 million people around the world. A beautiful, scary and detailed look at Hawaii's disappearing beaches. Property owners in Hawaii are now forced to build seawalls to keep the water out. It looks really scary and one can only wonder how long time before these people will have to leave. And finally, a new report has found that the 10 most destructive climate change fuel weather events in 2020 cost the world $140 billion. I wonder how much it will be in 2021. And now the 7 grand challenges. Decarbonize electricity. Clean electricity is the one do-or-die challenge we must solve. And all the rest of them. Green Tech Media Reviews 2020's must-read stories about the grid edge, i.e. stuff like distributed energy resources, energy storage and more, and they also gather the most read solar storage from 2020 in another post. A detailed look at GE's monster wind turbine and the impact it has on the wind industry, the turbine can pu- output 13 megawatts, which is enough to power a small town. 2020 saw a number of promising developments in the fusion space. Fusion is expected to be a miracle energy generation technology, but is it really the answer to the climate crisis best case scenario says the first fusion reactor will produce power by the end of this decade reduce impact of urban and rural areas lowering the impact of urban and rural areas via decoupling and or degrowing a new york times article dives deep into the promise of hydrogen To interview a guy who has built a house that is entirely powered by hydrogen. I must admit that I can understand hydrogen in applications that require high power density and therefore can't carry batteries, but powering a house with hydrogen must seem like a total waste of clean energy. Why not just power the house directly with electricity generated by the clean energy instead of having to waste a bunch of it creating the hydrogen? I feel like they didn't really address this in the article. Still it's an interesting read though. And 70% of New York City's emissions come from buildings. While new and energy-optimized materials are being used to construct new skyscrapers in the buildings, the real problem is its aging buildings. A couple of current projects aim to change that in which entire facades of existing buildings are replaced with a new and energy-optimized one. And seven of EU's largest commercial truck makers, DAF, Daimler, Ford, Iveco, MAN, Scania and Volvo, have agreed to end sale of diesel-engined trucks by 2040. The seven companies will instead switch to hydrogen fuel cell or battery electric based vehicles. This move allows them to achieve their zero emissions targets a decade before planned. Clean, non-electrifiable activities. Some activities we do today can't be electrified. These must be cleaned some other way. A company called Norse Power are developing a type of sail that would increase fuel efficiency of big cargo ships. The sail is called a rotor sail and will be deployed on a bulk carrier for the first time. And a look at two fertilizer plants, one in Uzbekistan and one in the US. The Uzbek one is supported by Germany and captures 98% of nitrous oxide emissions from the process, whereas the US one only captures 25%. In 2019 the US plant released over 6000 tons of nitrous oxide, which corresponds to the emissions of 430,000 cars and that is, of course, because nitrous oxide is a much more potent greenhouse gas. Protect and grow nature. Nature is our ally. We must protect it and help it help us. A team of scientists are looking to develop new plant species that can sequester more carbon in the soil than other plants, potentially boosting the Earth's natural carbon sinks. And do you remember the mass die off of songbirds across the US this year? A new study has linked the death of the birds to starvation fueled by climate change fueled freak weather events. And dolphins are dying from a skin disease that is a result of seawater being mixed with fresh water. And you guessed it, this problem has been linked to climate change. Optimize food. Without the lower impact of food or drink, the hero doesn't work. And this is a modified old Danish proverb. It's one week after New Year's, so if you're like me you can probably start to think about alcohol again. So here's a look at how winemaking in California is impacted by climate change and what wine growers are doing to fight it. And Vux looks at the raging meatless meat market. 2020 saw a lot of competition in the space, which is likely going to be good for consumers and climate alike. The article goes as far as concluding that meatless meat is going mainstream. Climate justice. Without justice, there is no future. A new study has determined that flooding of rivers spread and hereby worsens pollution from plastic, hereby endangering human and animal health further. In Bangladesh it's particularly bad, as a low-intensity flood can cause plastic pollution to increase by 40 times A new study has found that the underlying cause of why people are migrating from the Marshall Islands is due to climate change, despite the fact that the people that are migrating don't think about it like that. And here's a portrait of an African country in the clause of climate change fuel cyclone and how the country two years after are still struggling to rebuild. A look at a new pipeline carrying dirty tar sands fuels from Minnesota and how it impacts native and non-native communities alike. If you ever wondered what Iceland's net zero plans look like, take a look at this beautiful picture series in which Iceland's innovations to read net zero are portrayed. And Chris reviews Roman Knarrick's or something like that new book called The Good Ancestor, which really sounds like a very good new year's read that perhaps can push somebody to actually be a better ancestor. It's on my reading list for 2021 for sure. If you ever wondered how green bonds works, this post on Forbes provides a good overview of the history as well as how this financial mechanism works, which is used to support green projects. And finally, Dismark looks at a few climate stories that big media seem to miss. An interesting read to see what big media decided to ignore. And now for special topics. a look at how Trump tried his best but ultimately failed to derail one of the most important climate reports in the US, and the EPA just defined the first ever airline pollution standards in the US, and they are exactly the same as the rules from ICAO which airlines are required to follow anywhere. Great work. And an opinion piece in the New York Times claimed boldly that Joe Biden takes climate change seriously. And yes it looks really good, and I really hope so, but I don't know. I can't help to relate it in our own situation here in Denmark, where a change of government also spurred people to write things like this, and yet we have seen so little action that it's scary. I guess it's good to have hope. Although, see the beginning of this newsletter. He And now, major carbon emitters. We have a special interest in covering the moving of the major carbon emitters, as these are the key roadblock to climate action. Cambridge, Massachusetts, becomes the first city to post climate change warning stickers on fuel pumps at gas stations. What a brilliant idea. And Shell has stranded another 3.5 to 4.5 billion dollars worth of assets. This is just the latest in a string of stranded assets declarations this past year. In total, the fossil fuel industry stranded over 110 billion in assets last year. This article also outlines who stranded what. And last week's newsletter, which almost nobody read due to Christmas, I hope, included a big reveal by Bloomberg in which Exxon and the rest of the fossil fuel industry was taken with their pants down, hiding climate impacts from the public investors. And this week, Exxon is bombarding Twitter with propaganda claiming the opposite of the Bloomberg article. A post by a well-known climate denier got a lot of attention just before Christmas. His post was called, No Joe, We're Not in a Climate Crisis. Fight on all the classic climate denial cylinders, and this article in Clean Technica picks it apart and shows us why crap like this is very dangerous. (music) That's it for this week, folks. Remember, if you're feeling down, angry or sad from some of the news in this newsletter, one cure is to act. And one way you can always act that also happens to be one of the most powerful things you can do is to talk about it. That also works if what you just read made you hopeful or happy, by the way. If you enjoyed this newsletter, don't forget to share it with your friends, co-workers or other people you think could benefit from getting it. If you got directed here by a friend or another link on the internet, don't forget to subscribe. See you all next week.